you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast, Landon, how's it going today, sir? It's going great. You know, we we uh, got to watch a pretty good, though slightly one-sided, uh, national title game last night with a, a ton, a ton of prospects. Mm. Uh, and then, obviously, since last we've spoken, the Cowboys have made their selection uh, for the new defensive coordinator for the Cowboys in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. So it wasn't too long after we uh, finished the show yesterday. The Cowboys, uh, they did announce... Uh, that Dan Quinn will be their new defensive coordinator. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, Landon, but let's let's really dive in for the people that either missed yesterday's show or want just an over-review of what can Dan Quinn bring this defense? Because I think a lot of people, and I'm seeing it on Twitter already, are looking at what he did as a head coach in Atlanta, and they're already assuming, well, if you know, look at those Falcons defenses. Look how bad they were. Why should he be any better in Dallas? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Quinn hiring? Well, look, I mean, I, I think we've mentioned this before, but, um, I, you know, Dan Quinn was not the only person who's getting fired in Atlanta. The front office is, is, all, gone. is all gone, too. So, uh, and I think that that's a large part of, you know, what the issue was. And I, and I think, look, the formula for Atlanta, clearly, and, and, just, and, and you know, I this was – uh, very clear for several years uh, is that th- they wanted to spend money on offense. You know, they they they, they got uh, Kyle Shanahan in there earlier as their offensive coordinator, uh, and the idea was just you know, t- frankly, not that different than what the Cowboys had, where they no. they wanted to spend a bunch of money on offense, create a juggernaut on that side of the ball, and then let Dan Quinn coach up the the leftovers uh, into a, a for you know some sort of good enough defense to uh you know slow down other teams while their offense is scoring points and you know mm. it, that it's, it's a good formula it works and, and and i think you know first of all it, i don't think it's quite out yet but john owning uh from dallas morning news shared marcus and i uh, some of his uh, writings that's going to come out today so you guys 100 percent need to check out the article that he's writing it's going to be out i think uh, noon time today mm-hmm. He wrote a great, he wrote a great point and, and about uh, you know the value of of the Dan Quinn was able to get out and I'm not going to spoil his articles because you guys need to go read it and click on it but the value that Dan Quinn was able to get out of this defense uh, that, that that they spent very little money on was was very impressive right uh, and I right. think that there is lots to uh, there's lots to unpack here, right? I mean, because even though we're going back to a very similar uh, defensive style that we saw, uh, you know, with 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 Richard and Marinelli uh, and Kiffin, um, I, I think this is still a different. This is a different branch of that same tree, right? I mean, it's 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 it's. It is. Yes. I think yes. there's a little bit more to Quinn than just 
the uh, Seattle influence uh, that when he was there. He, he's been with uh, several different interesting defensive coaches uh, throughout his career, and I think it's rubbed off on him uh, in some interesting ways. What, what were your thoughts when, when you first heard it? I like it because I think I think a cover three scheme with somebody who's very familiar with that can get this defense back to an average level. And again, we, we mentioned this yesterday. For the Cowboys to be a Super Bowl team, they don't need a top five defense. They don't yeah. even really need a top ten defense. They just can't have a defense that is giving up historical amounts of points like we saw this season. And I think when you do a little bit more research of Quinn's time in Atlanta, I think some of the struggles uh, for the defense make a lot of sense. So he got there in 2015. Uh, just really quickly, I'm going to go over some of their first you know, picks that they had in the draft. Yeah. They drafted Vic Beasley. That worked out for a year, and then he completely fell off. They took Jalen Collins in the second round, who had some off-the-field issues, really never played in the NFL. 2016, they drafted Deion Jones in the second round. That worked. Keanu Neal, uh, a safety, a really, really good safety, it was dominant when he was healthy. And then really since 2016, hasn't been able to stay healthy. 2017, they took Tack McKinley. That didn't work. They took Duke Riley in the third round. They traded him away just a couple years ago for a seventh-round pick. 2018, they almost completely ignored defense. 2019, they almost completely ignored defense. 2020, they drafted A.J. Terrell in the first round. So I think a lot of their struggles on defense, Landon, are because of the front office more so than what we saw on the field. They just didn't give Dan Quinn a lot of talent to work with. Absolutely, you know, and and I th- I think that's kind of what what John has been was hinting on his article. What what I what I'm saying too is that I think you have to look at what he's being provided and what's you know look. There's no coach out here, even Vic Fangio, you know, even the the top defensive mm-hmm. minds in, in the NFL right now. There's no coaches out here who are going to be put as the defensive coordinator of a talentless defensive team and right. be able to make them into uh, an all time great. It's right. it's it's still about the uh, the the Joes and not about the X's and O's. You you need X's and O's to put players in good position. The X's and O's are what can buoy uh, talent. They can you know c- combine certain aspects of talent together to make it better or worse. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you don't have the horses to run the defense, it doesn't really matter the X's and O's that you're calling. So I agree. The Cowboys' problems are not being solved by hiring Dan Quinn. The Cowboys' problems will be solved by getting their personnel that they have and new personnel into a place where they can play their best football. So that's we need to make sure that we still have the best talent or the best talent that we can get. That's going to be a talent acquisition thing, uh, and then when you know once it's all in place, then we can start kind of getting an examination of exactly how good of a defensive coordinator Dan Quinn could be for this team. Yeah, so over the last five years, here are uh, Dan Quinn's uh, you know, ranks as a defensive coordinator in terms of points per game. Uh, tw- let's see, I have it right here. 25-23, 23-19. That doesn't sound great, and it's not. Um, <laughs> but with this offense, it might be good enough to, to still get you in the playoffs. And I think if you can get some better talent around them, I think this can be a, a unit that finishes... 18, 17 in points per game. And again, that'll be good enough to, to get you where you want to go. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll talk more about Dan Quinn's scheme. Uh, but I wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online. 
Are you guys ready for football? We've got the divisional round of the playoffs coming up. Uh, We just had a fantastic college football game last night. Uh, There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust with our bets, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, You can use that welcome bonus for future bets, for Super Bowl props, uh, anything over the next couple weeks. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, let's let's dive into this a little bit more. How do you feel that Quinn's scheme compares to like a Rod Marinelli or a Chris Richard's 4-3 defense? Because I think on the surface, people are going to say, hey, it's a 4-3 defense. It's what we played over the last decade. But that's not necessarily the case. How do these how does this defense differ from what we've had over the last decade? Well, I think what's going to be interesting to see is exactly what the coverage situation is going to be like. I mean, I think that we can, you know, kind of safely assume that it, it, it will be a return to cover one, cover three. Um, you know, Atlanta's been playing a lot more cover two this, this last year, two years. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't imagine, I wouldn't say that we were completely done with, uh, you know, middle of the field open coverages yet. You know, I, I think that the, the, they will be sprinkled in it. And again, I, I've been saying this since the beginning, like, and, and we still don't really have an answer yet because they haven't really announced anything about defensive back coaches or secondary passing game, uh, defensive passing game coordinators or anything like that. If they're running these same coverages, are they going to be doing a little bit better job of disguising it than we did in 2019? Because that's hmm. ultimately bit was the real issue with that team is that, you know, look, if you aren't making the quarterback work after the snap, then, uh, you know, in the NFL, they're going to tear you apart. If they know it's cover three coming before the snap and you show them cover three, yeah. they, they already have called all their cover three beaters. And it doesn't really matter how well you execute that. Uh, cover three beaters are, are cover three beaters for a reason, you know, and, and they, right, they're right. extremely difficult for they put stresses specifically on those coverages. So you have to find a way to confuse the quarterback post snap or at least make, make, make him uncertain of what he's going to see at the snap before the snap. Um, but I think the thing that's really, you know, again, that's all going to be kind of dictated maybe more about, you know, who's going to be the, the passing game quarter. I, I think the thing that's really going to be interesting here is that, you know, he, Quinn is a defensive line coach. I mean, that's kind of his trade, right? That's it where is, he yes. just started. Yep. And, and, and he came from, you know, before he was with Seattle and, and the, you know, came back into the NFL after his a little stint in college football. Uh, he had spent time with uh, Mangini, with Saban at, 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 in Miami when he was when, mm-hmm. in Miami. Um, so this is a guy who, you know, is a defensive line coach for those guys. This is a guy who has spent time on uh, uh, crews that have do a lot of different interesting stuff with their fronts. And and, and even within Atlanta, you saw that, right? He, he uses the Leo. Uh, he uses a bunch of different formations. He's not afraid to use uh, wide technique defensive ends and, and wide nines. Uh, he's not afraid to use uh, bare fronts and that sort of thing. So I think what's going to be interesting is that, you know, one of the things that we saw that didn't really work out because, again, the horse is in the middle of this defense, but I, I think that we'll still see some more interesting combinations of alignments 
performance uh, on, at, at the defensive line. And that's that's one thing that what Quinn will bring that I don't think we saw as much with Marinelli and with Richard. Different changes of alignment, changes of formation up front uh, that can put stress on on blocking schemes and, and, and pass blocking schemes. Uh, and, and, and I think that, you know, he's also not afraid to, uh, you know, Marinelli is more of a, of a, uh, play the run on your way to the pass kind Correct. of Correct, yeah. Right? Off like the field, the, the, run stopper, They're yep. getting in the gap, through the gap, to the quarterback. If the running back happens to have the ball, see him and destroy him. With Quinn, I think you're going to see a little bit more gap sound defense, meaning it is one gap. You're, you're, you are responsible for one gap, but you're not just getting through the gap and getting past the guy uh, and then running past the running back. You're you're responsible for your gap. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, usually can uh, result in more sound uh, 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 fits, run fits. And, 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 and again, for a defense that, you know, doesn't have great uh, uh, talent right now, especially in the middle of its defense up front, uh, being responsible for one gap and, and not having to fight through that, that's actually probably a little bit easier assignment for some mm-hmm. of these guys uh, and, and should make the job of, of you know making your run fit a little bit easier. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that just kind of since it's a similar type defense, that alone is going to be helpful in kind of boosting some of the, the, the output of some of these guys from last year. Uh, but I also look forward to you know, still kind of using some of the things that we saw in the playbook, like I said, with with different alignments, different formations with the defensive line uh, that that I think could still be kind of exploited despite playing a, a uh, you know, I mean, a four man front. It's again, I, I really don't know that the fronts are going to be that different other than no, maybe no. more one gap. And, and but we'll still see two gap. Quinn does that as well. You will still see some two gapping. Um, but but I think that it's really, you know, obviously that the, the difference is going to be. Uh, more one gap, more traditional kind of what you're used to, more of Demarcus Lawrence with his hand down. Which I um, love. Yeah. Which he's and so good at that. I think yeah. that's important. Uh, but I think that, you know, it will be kind of a combination up front of what we saw last year formation-wise and what we've seen in previous years. Again, the question now all becomes – what is the, 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 the coverage is going to look like? What is the belief system of the passing defense, the passing game coordinator mm. as far as how much disguising their coverages do they want to do pre-snap? Yeah, and that was really going to be my next question, Landon, is how does this change how this team views like the draft, for instance? Like, let, let's say cornerback. What kind of corners are we going to be looking for in free agency in the draft? Are we looking for the long athletic guys in the mold of Richard Sherman, you know, or the Cursor Shard cornerbacks, or are we looking for something different? I think I think it's likely you're still going to see kind of the taller, longer corners as the as the preference here. I mean, I think you know. Uh, you know, you look at what they drafted there uh, in Atlanta. AJ Terrell kind of fits that mold yeah, a little yep. bit. You know, I, I think the, the the difference is is that you know, and, and this is something that I think that they brought up on the draft show at one point is that you're dealing with a defensive line coach as opposed to a, a defensive back coach. So I'm sure that he's going to want pedigree at the defensive back position because he's not going to be that guy to try to you know coach these guys up. What I what I am concerned about is that we are going back. To 
to a situation where you have a defensive line coach, uh, you know, potentially maybe wanting to try to coach up later round guys on the defensive line. But we'll we'll see how that plays out because. Well, uh, I actually I don't I I like that's the thing about Quinn. I think I like is he is a good defensive line coach. So like. Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill. I think he's those guys are really going to benefit for ha- from Absolutely. having someone like him, right? Absolutely, and, and and I'm more concerned that you know that they are going to uh, askew you know weight, uh, spending valuable resources at the position because they think that they can you know coach up. I like the idea well, that they, they, will they be might able. have to though because yeah, well, of their their true. secondary situation, right? I yeah. mean, they're way better off at the defensive line spot, which seems crazy than what they are at secondary. So that it might be that way for at least a while. Yeah, and, and we'll see exactly defensive tackle specifically the position I'm concerned about. So, uh, but yeah. I, I think that this is a situation where you're going to get some good, obviously solid coaching at the defensive line again, which is which is helpful. Uh, so you know, again, it's all going to come down to the next step: uh, who exactly uh, is going to be your passing game coordinator? What what is their preference going to be in coverage? I do think again, we will still continue to see the kind of long, uh, l- l- lengthy uh, co- corners that uh, tall guys that that can you know block up mm-hmm. uh, passing windows. That, I think that's also just beyond tan- dead. Quinn and uh, that's that's a preference for uh, the for Will McClay so um, I, I, yeah I think that that's likely that we'll continue uh, along those lines you know and, and also because you have some of those guys in house so uh, you might as well continue to kind of lean towards that and it, and it does seem to fit the the kind of cover one cover three system uh, that you're reinstalling I'm going to be curious to see if the Cowboys steal any of those guys from the Falcons defense like I mean I know listen I know there's not a lot of talent on that unit but like Kiana Neal is a free agent this year. Yeah, would he be somebody that the Cowboys would be interested in bringing in to help a secondary? I don't know. I don't know if you can play uh, Donovan Wilson and you know Kiana Neal at the same time, but uh, just something to, to pay attention to. Uh, let's take one more quick break, and uh, so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto, our old friends at Rock Auto. Uh, it's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for twenty years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they, they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, we're going to have a ton of time to talk about Dan Quinn over the next couple of months. Uh, as that coaching staff gets filled in, we'll continue to, to do these podcasts talking about uh, how they're going to fit in. But I want to talk a little bit about that college football game we, we saw last night because I saw Dane Brugler at The Athletic uh, say there was 30 draft-eligible prospects in that game, which is just absolutely insane. Um, and there was a couple guys that I thought played really well, and we're going to talk about a lot over the next couple of months, uh, one including Christian Barrymore, the defensive tackle from Alabama, who just had a massive game, uh, Browning, the linebacker from Ohio State, number five. He played really well. Uh, one of the questions that somebody sent us today, Landon, is 
How much should we value a single game like that? You know, even it's the biggest game of the year. How much weight do we put into that one compared to the other seven to 12 games of the season? Well, you know, I, uh, it depends on how your your what your process is, right? Like, I mean, I don't, I'm not grading individual games. You know, I, I don't, I don't like watch a tape and then grade the the player for that game. I'm trying to get, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to gather information about the player uh, through ex- long exposure to them, right? So, mm. uh, I think what you do is instead of weighing that game more is that you note that he played uh that he took his game up to uh, an extra level uh, in that game right so it's not so much that you know what he does though i mean i think you're doing that anyways right you're you're considering the talent that they're going against you know when you're watching them most of the time and 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 i think mm. and again i don't know what everyone else's process is but when i see a player you know especially do, doing especially well or especially poorly uh, against a, another player and i you know and I, if i don't have any so like for instance uh let's say uh certain right like certain sure, was going sure. against uh the what, what's the ohio state olay is that what his name yeah, was yeah olave chris olave so you know if you go into that game cold right and you're watching the the game and, and you see you're watching certain and you see him dominating some guy right uh you 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 want to contextualize that, right? You want to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, what's what's the talent level of the person he's going against?" And then you look it up and see exactly who this guy is, and and that sort of thing. So I think that in that in that sense, you're weighing the 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 national title game. But I think more more that what you're doing is you're taking note of the fact that this player at the most important game in their career took their game to another level, right? And so I think that in a, that fact in in of of itself. Um, gets like a special category right sure, like a, it's sure. like a, a, a you know playmaker or or, or uh, someone who steps up to the plate when it, when the the lights are on i think that that's like just an additional note to have in your notes that this is a guy who doesn't step away from the the spotlight but you know as far as negative connotations like you know guy okay this this guy played poorly in this game <laughs> Sean Wade yeah well i mean you know look <laughs> i i think you you certainly, you certainly have, like I said, you certainly have to w- contextualize who they're going against. You certainly have to weigh the, the matchup that's being played out in, in front of your eyes. Um, but if you know, if the matchup in that game, and Sean Wade's a, a bad example, but you know, if, if if the matchup is 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 in another in another game, actually a. Uh, if the individual matchup in another game, even though it's not a national championship game, is more difficult and he does well there, it's hard mm-hmm. for me to, like, you know, uh, dock him for his individual performance uh, just because he may have had a bad game necessarily. Sure. I, sure. I, I guess my point is, is that I would I would probably more likely give a guy bonus points for playing well in a big game than knock him for not playing well in a big game. Cause I, I think gotcha. that, yes, ulti- I agree. I think I agree with that. Ultimately, like there are very few players that make it this far to that, that level of, of, you know, the, the, of football that are not good, that, that cannot play in big games, right? Mm. Like it, that's usually a product of just having a bad game during a big game. I think that there is a, uh, a an actual, uh, uh, you know, pedigree for certain, some of these players that do 
step their game up to these big games. I don't know that it works as as much going the other way. I don't think that there is a a, a lot of players that are NFL eligible that you know that wilt in the big game sure. nearly as much as the other way around. I also think it's important. I mean, you you hit it the nail on the head there, but to have a lot of context. So I'm going to use Christian Barrymore again. This is a player, uh, the defensive tackle from Alabama, that is incredibly young, a redshirt sophomore, uh, really started the season as a like a reserve and worked himself into the rotation. And by the end of the season, uh, he was a really important part of that Alabama defense. So what we've seen from him over the last two games, the two playoff games, Notre Dame and Ohio State, was him seeming like he's growing into his role and into his body. So when I see him play an Ohio State team that has you know multiple top 100 picks on their offensive line and he's just thoroughly dominating them that's when I start to get really excited because we just have so little snaps on him so I, I, I do agree I think big performances way more than bad performances like we saw with Sean Wade um, but in the end it's it's still just one game and you've got to evaluate all of the tape I'm, I don't know about you, Landon, but I'm not one of these people that just watches five or six snaps and has an opinion right away. It, you, you, need to have, you need to have a lot of, uh, of data. You need to watch three, four, five different games to see, you know, okay, was this just a bad day? Was this just a good day? Was this a good matchup? You need to have all that information in order to, to make an educated decision. So uh, I, I thought it was interesting. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that, you know, I am actually of, those, of the belief that you can get something out of uh, out of watching five or six plays, but that's not the entire picture, right? Correct. Like I think yes. I think you can get a good feel for who a player is very quickly. Sure. But I also think that if you're trying to find out like answers to things like how consistent this player is going to be, obviously you can't get get that information out of five or six snaps. So you know, everything that every little little you know kind of attribute that you're trying to uh, discover about a player. I mean, they, it, it requires a different number of snaps, right? Some mm. some require more, some require less. Uh, but I think that, yes, like it's easy to kind of get a feel for a player after a couple snaps. But if you're just evaluating the player completely off of, you know, one game, uh, you're getting kind of a very incomplete picture of the guy. I agree. You're, you're only getting a, a you know small percentage of, of the evaluation. So what do you think of Sertan after watching him last night? You feel better, worse? I think it's still the same, right? I mean, did you see something that that really made you feel so <laughs> much better or so much worse? Yeah, no. I, I I really feel like he's the floor of what you're going to get at ten. Honestly, really uh, Sertan to me is actually the example of what I was just talking about, right? Like, he, how different is your opinion of Patrick Sertan than the fifth snap you've watched of him in in, in all twenty two tape? Like nothing. I, I mean, I think he's a, he's, he's exactly no, the same guy that I exactly that I thought initially, right? So yeah. And I think the word here, and I've been trying to say this, just like because I know people are kind of at this point, like uh, Sertan, like you know, that's how we get, right? Is that <laughs> yeah, like yeah, sure? It's like there's nothing flashy about him, blah 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 blah. Guys, the thing like the the the, the positive buzzword you want to use for 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 Sertan is reliable. Yeah, okay. that's a that's a valuable trait to Extremely have. Extremely valuable, you know. Like I mean, because look, you can have a guy who can make plays up up and down, unpredictable. That's not how you really necessarily want to live and die in your defensive backfield. Having a guy that okay, he's not you know maybe he's not all pro, but he is extremely good sure. most of the time. That's incredibly valuable to a defensive coordinator, and I think it would be incredibly valuable to this team. 
yeah, we're gonna have a ton of time to talk yeah. about these prospects, but I do think there's something for having you know like a dad that played in the NFL, right? Because yeah. these guys are around the locker rooms all the time. They know what it takes to to play in the NFL at a high level. I think there's a level of professionalism with a lot of these. I mean, you see it all across the league with yeah. uh, some of the bloodlines. So it's I not think, coincidence, right? It's not no, it's not at all. Not Joe at all. Horn and, and Patrick Sertan and uh, Asante and Samuel, kids, yeah, Asante yeah. Samuel's kids came into the NFL. I mean. These, these were guys who also were undersized to a large degree when yeah. they came in, and, and they've taught the, their, their kids the, the skills that are required to make it in the NFL, and they've Correct. been doing it since they were children. I'm so excited for draft season. This is going to be so much fun. We'll see if we have a combine. We'll see if we have pro days. Uh, but we're going to make sure we have you covered all the way up through uh, Cowboys picks, uh, you know, round one, round seven uh, here in late April. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore and we underscore Mosher, and we will see you next time.